You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. Hey guys, the journey on Houndsman XP is teamed up with Go Wild. Go Wild is a social media platform that was made for hunters by hunters. If you guys and gals have listened to any of the other podcasts that I've been on, you know what a huge outdoor enthusiast I am. I love being in the woods with my hounds. There's nothing more exciting than hearing the thunder of a spring gobbler. I love fishing for trout in the brooks and the streams, and I love being on the river chasing that ever-elusive fish of a thousand casts, the muskie. Go Wild is the place that I can post my trophies, hunts, and memories without being censored. But Go Wild is so much more than that. It's a place to share your stories, sharpen your skills, hone your tactics, get gear reviews, and shop for anything outdoors. When you make a purchase from the Go Wild store, everything is free shipping. Anything that you purchase anywhere in the country, no matter how big, free shipping. So go down to the show notes, click on the Go Wild link at the bottom, and get signed up today. And let's go wild. If y'all purchase anything from Go Wild, make sure that you're using the Houndsman XP promo code. And that code is going to be HXP10. So when you go in there and you download your cart, and you come up to the bottom and it says promo code, add Houndsman XP to it. Uh, Louis and Miguel, and there was so much information that I wanted to take away from, 
from their knowledge, from all the experience that they had, that I had to do the follow-up. Um, they have been gracious to come back and talk, and um, there's a huge time difference in us. So these guys were up late at night where it's just early evening for us. So I can't tell you about how excited I am and how appreciative I am for you guys to actually come back on and at least finish this conversation up with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here again. Yeah. Eh, eso, Miguel, te que nos da la gracia de que es muy tarde aquí, y comprende que es muy tarde, y está agradecido de que estamos otra de nuevo aquí con, con él. Thank you. I am very happy to be here again. Yes, we're, we're glad to have you, Miguel. So, <clears throat> I'm just going to get right into this, because the, the last time we talked, uh, there was a couple... Um, things that you pointed, you guys pointed out that I want to make sure that our listeners um, really think about. So I, w- I want to reiterate about it, and I don't want you to guys to kind of elaborate about it a little more. The first thing that I thought was so intriguing was that when the animal, so you talked about, I'm kind of talking in circles here. I don't know how I want to put this into words. So we talked about the hunt itself and that the dog, if you want a true tracking dog, a dog that actually tracks whatever mammal that you are trying to track with it, that it has to be more excited about the hunt than the ending, which would be the harvest of the animal for us, or it could be the capture, you know, the tree, we tree and furry, we tree and take pictures and walk off. So I thought that was very interesting when, we talked about it last, so I want you guys to kind of elaborate about what that means and what it takes to accomplish that to get um, that dog so trail-minded that he's more interested in catching than he is actual when it's over. Okay, vale, Miguel. Eh, quisiera que pudiéramos nosotros explicarle más claro a los, los oyentes el tema que estuvimos hablando la última vez del, de la pasión que tiene el perro, más pasión por lo que es la... la la, la caza que lo que es el final, ¿no? Que ¿Cómo podemos ser para que ese perro tenga esa pasión por el, por el rastro más que, que lo que es el, el, la presa que coge al último? Si podemos elaborar un poquito más sobre mm-hmm. el tema. Yes. Ok. Eh, en primer lugar, debemos partir de la base de que existen unas razas que tienen más predisposición a rastrear que otras. Esto es importante. Okay. We, we start off with on the premise that there are some breeds that have got more hunting instincts than others. So we start Pero, off From there. Okay. Independientemente de esto, eh, yo lo trabajo de la siguiente manera. But independently to that, to that fact, this is the way that he works his dogs. Desde que entra un perro en mi casa o cuando comienzo a trabajar con un perro, trabajo una o dos semanas con comida existencial. Es decir, todos los días come en la pista. Right. So when when a dog comes into his home whether it's a pup or it's a, it's a grown-up dog. Mm-hmm. For the first two weeks, the dog will be working for his, his, his meal. Mm-hmm. So if it's a puppy and it's, it's a, you, you feed him four times a day, and those four times a day, he will be following that little track or he's going to be following that scent to get, to get his, his, his reward. He starts off from that for the first two weeks. Pero nunca pongo comida sobre la pista porque eh, quiero que su mayor interés esté sobre el olor que me interesa buscar y no buscando trocitos de comida sobre, esa, sobre ese rastro. He never puts food on the actual track. 
because he doesn't want the dog to be looking for that food, but he wants the dog to associate and follow the scent. We remember we talked about target scent. Mm -hmm. They used a, 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 a water-based uh, baby uh, toilet, toilet, uh, toilet perfume, for example, which we call a target, a target scent. Uh, normally we use like baby, baby toilet water, diluted, mm -hmm. diluted down, right? Non-alcohol. Um, and the, the track is laid with that, but there's no food on the actual track, so the dog's not looking for the food on the track. The dog has the interest to follow that scent, which will get him to his feet. Understand? Cuando, cuando pongo un olor de referencia, como, como la colonia, lo que, lo que provoca en el perro es seguir un rastro que no es instintivo y natural para él. No, no es un rastro sobreexcitante, digamos. Es un rastro más neutro. Right. So when, when he uses this uh, the toilet, toilet, uh, toilet water, baby toilet water, is uh, is not building up an excitement on the dog to follow the track because it's a very it's an unnatural scent for the dog. It's not a natural scent, right? Um, so he doesn't get over excited on on that scent, but he will follow this scent. Entonces, yeah. rápidamente eh, retiro al perro cuando no rastrea bien. Y ese día se queda sin llegar al final. Right. So if, if for whatever reason the dog doesn't follow that scent and he doesn't get to his meal, he won't eat that meal. He will skip that meal. Tan pronto right. lleva... There's no reward at the end because he hasn't got to the end. Tan pronto lleva eh, cuatro o cinco días o seis rastreando, ya entiende lo que tiene que hacer. Four or five days... Following this, this pattern, he will understand what he has to do, which is follow this scent to get his meal. Le pongo yeah. distancias mucho más largas de repente. He, when, when that's achieved, he will suddenly give it more distance. The track that we're laying with the, with the, with the target scent will give him more distance. Once he understands that, that if he follows this scent, he will get his meal. Okay? Entonces, el, el perro no, a veces no puede encontrar en esas condiciones. Sometimes the dog can't find his meal under those conditions. Entonces, en su cabeza empieza a pensar, tengo que centrarme en el rastro, no en el so, final. So when the dog is following that trail and doesn't get his feet, because he doesn't get to the end, in his mind, he starts thinking, I've got to exert myself on this track, on this scent, because if I don't follow it, I'm not going to eat. So he si will focus on that track. Si trabajo, con pistas, okay, excuse me. Okay. si trabajo con pistas muy cortas o con una sobrecitación al final, el perro solo piensa en terminar. So if he, if he, if he does a very, very short track with a high, high emotional finish at the end, the dog will be thinking of the end. Por eso... So the high emotional reward is going to get and not on the actual track that leads him to that. Por eso, en, en mi sistema de trabajo, lo primero que hago con los perros es aumentar la distancia. So, and his method, the first thing he does, once the dogs have associated that scent to the meal, is to extend that distance. Hoy, hoy mismo, antes de esta entrevista, acabo de subir un vídeo a, a mi página de Facebook, de Mantraeling Astrada, porque just vengo de... To, okay. just, just prior to, to uh, this interview, he just um, uploaded a, a video to his Facebook page. Yeah. Porque vengo de rastrear con una perrita que lleva 11 días en casa. Because he just finished uh, tracking with a little puppy, Tekel, no? Tekel, Tekel. Sí. 
Ya le he puesto cambios de superficie y le he puesto una zona de calor difícil, complicada, para que trabaje el rastro de verdad. He's already uh, added difficulties to the track by putting a hard surface, warm surface, so the dog has really got to exert himself following that track. Entonces tiene que pensar todo el rato y tiene que esforzarse en rastrear y cada vez le va a gustar más el rastro porque va desarrollando habilidades para hacerlo. Para cerrar este, esta explicación es imprescindible que no trabaje nunca de vista y que no trabaje pistas excesivamente cortas, sino solo va a pensar en cazar el final. Okay, so what's important to recap all this is that it's important that the dog doesn't follow his eyes, he's not using his vision, right? He's just focusing on the nose. And if you make it too short, the track, he gets his reward too quick and he's only going to be thinking about the reward. Whereas if you extend the track, yeah, He's got to focus himself on the track and his concentration is going to be on the track and not on the reward. Cuando era so joven, cuando era joven tenía mucha más ansia por, por entrenar a los perros rápido. Entonces me llevaba a los perros al monte por la noche y cuando entrenaba perros de caza y con las luces de, del coche podía ver al animal de caza que me interesaba, se lo enseñaba al perro, le soltaba para que saliera corriendo y se excitara siguiendo ese animal. When he was much younger and he used to go hunting, he used to take his dogs and his pups up into mountainside at night in his vehicle. And with the headlamps, he would catch the eyes of the rabbits and the dogs would see these and they would get overexcited because he was seeing the rabbits. Yep. Y con el tiempo pensé, qué estúpido, qué estúpido soy, porque luego llevaba, llevaba a los perros a entrenar por el día y les costaba mucho rastrear. No querían el rastro, querían buscar rápido la, la presa. And then he thought to himself, how can I be so stupid? Because now when I go during the day and I take my pups and they can't see the rabbits, they're more interested in finding the rabbits than actually working the track to get the rabbit. No quiero ningún animal. No quiero ningún animal escapando delante de mi perro. No quiero ninguna persona corriendo delante del perro para entrenar. Quiero poner el olor de la persona o poner el olor del animal y que el perro empiece a amar el rastro. He doesn't want to have anybody running away from the dog or any animal running away from the dog. He wants the dog to have the passion to follow that scent, which is going to lead him to, the, to, to his prey or his reward in this case. Yep. So there's no running away of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a track layer. There's no running away of an animal. The dogs don't see that. They just pick up a scent that they know it's going to take him or her to its reward. So I've got several questions off of that. The first one I want to go back to is <clears throat> how much failure are you willing to accept? So, and what I mean is like, that's one of the things I preach is the dogs are going to fail. And if we are continuously helping them and, you know, giving them guidance and stuff, then the dog becomes too handler dependent on us, which we do not want. Um, so what is a typical, when you're, when you're doing this process, 
you know, do you see the dogs fail four or five times or do you see it up in the 10 to 12, 15 times? Or is this just something that happens a handful of times? Like, is there a range in there that's kind of the norm that they do not succeed starting off? Está diciendo de que quiere saber si hay, si hay un, qué porcentaje de fallo acepta, o, o aceptas eh, en, 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 este, en este proceso, porque sabemos que si le ayudamos mucho al perro se, se convierte muy dependiente de nosotros como guía y nos queremos eso, queremos que los perros tengan autonomía y sean solos, ¿no? Entonces, ¿cuán, cuán, ¿qué porcentaje de, 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 de fallo estamos dispuestos a aceptar el perro? ¿Un 10%? ¿Un 15%? Okay. Okay. Más o menos. Estoy dispuesto a aceptar el 100% de fallo. ¿Es willing to accept 100% of failure? Eh, 100% cuando, failure. Sí. Cuando comienzo con el perro, los prim, las primeras, la primera semana, When with his dogs, the first week, en un solo día puedo hacer 3, 4, 5 pistas o 10. You can do 3, 4, 5 o 10 small tracks. Uh -huh. Y ahí me interesa que no falle nunca. And His interest is that the dog does not fail ever on any one of them. Pero he dicho que no falle, no que yo le pueda ayudar. Yo no le ayudo nunca en esa fase. But it means to fail. He won't help them at all. He won't help. Uh -huh. He Entonces, will get the dogs not to, not to fail, but he will not help the dog not to fail. Uh -huh. mis, ayudas, mis ayudas están dirigidas al tipo de trazado que le pongo al perro para que lo pueda aprender el solo. The only aid that he will give the dog is the type of track or the type, the type of trail he sets out so the dog doesn't fail. Elijo la hora adecuada. Elijo el lugar adecuado. Elijo la sombra. Elijo el terreno. Elijo todo para que el perro no falle. He looks for all the conditions that will go in favor of the dog. Mm -hmm. Time of day, temperature, ground, good productive ground, Uh, not too hot, damp. He, he will he, he will set up that track on the best conditions you can for a track so the dog does not fail. He cannot fail, and that's the only help he will give the dog: the construction of the actual track. Entonces, si el, si el perro come 500 gramos de, de alimento, lo puedo dividir en cinco rastros muy cortos al principio para que comprenda el patrón motor, qué es lo que tiene que hacer para llegar al final. Okay, so if the dog eats 500 grams a day, he will divide those 500 grams in four, five, six tracks, whatever it is, short ones. So the dog and automatically understands that he's got to follow that scent, that target scent, so he can eat. A partir de la primera o segunda semana, puede fallar todo lo que quiera. After the first or second week, he can fail as much as he has to. Mm -hmm. No hay ningún problema. Yeah. No sabe problem. que si acierta va a tener su alimento sobre la pista. He will know that if he's, if he's, if he's successful, he's going to find his food. And if he's not successful, he's not going to eat. But mm. the first, first few weeks, the only help he does is to make sure that the track he lays down is all in favor of the dog and the dog cannot fail. For the first couple of weeks. After entonces, that, he can fail as much as he can. He wants. Entonces, lo que hago es evaluar al perro cada día. Por so ejemplo... He evaluates the dog every day. Cuando lleva cinco o siete días de entrenamiento, el, la próxima pista no es eh, algo de continuidad. Por ejemplo, si estaba haciendo 200 metros, a lo mejor ya le pongo 500 de repente. Y okay. digo, a ver qué es capaz de hacer. 
So he will be evaluating every day the dogs. And if the dog has successfully done a 200 meter track, he's not going to give him a 300 meter track. He's going to go to a 500 meter track if he's done that 200 meter correctly with ease. So he's going to do it. Si no puede hacerlo, lo guardo y se acabó. Ese día no hace más. If he cannot achieve that 500 meter track, he finishes training, there will be no more training that day, they just put him away. Mm -hmm. Si ese día yo le hago algo favorable, el perro va a aprender. Ya vendrá algo mejor. If he does help the dog on that day, the dog will learn and think, some help is going to come for me to be able to do those 500 meters. No hay nada mejor. Esto es lo que tienes que hacer. Mañana puedo tener un poco más de cuidado y igual no le hago tan largo. Tengo que evaluarlo. Pero estoy siempre yeah, evaluando yeah. para que trabaje en el límite. That each dog will allow. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to worksowell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey. The Journey on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is sponsored by Onyx. The most comprehensive mapping system in the world is available by going to onxmaps.com and downloading their app. Several subscription offers there. Highly recommend you use an Onyx, and here's a true story for you. We've all got that spot where when we turn our hound loose at night, they're going to head that direction. Well, the other night, my hound's headed in a direction for that property that had recently sold, I had no idea who owned that property. I simply opened up my Onyx app, found the landowner information, cut the dogs off, and the next day I went to their house. And not only did I get permission to hunt there, I think I made some new friends. They are beef farmers and they do not like raccoons running through the feed bunks, leaving their mess behind. Yeah, go to onyxmaps.com and download the app today at checkout make sure you use the promo code hxp20 and get 20% off when you join us on patreon you will get a discount code for a deeper discount on x maps know where you stand with onyx yep so he's he's going back if the dog's not successful and he sees the dog can't be then he'll back it down a notch give the dog a chance to be successful again, and then, then go backwards. So he's taking two but steps not, forward. But not, but not on the day that he fails. If he fails, if, 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 if today he achieves a 200 meter and mm -hmm. the following day 
he can't achieve the 500 meter, mm-hmm. he's going to put the away for that day. Right. Because otherwise, if you make another one that's easier, the dog will learn that, hey, if I fail now, they'll give me an easy one. So mm-hmm. that's end training for that day. And the following day, will make that truck that, that track slightly shorter. So mm-hmm. that you can, can succeed. <coughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And Excuse I can... me. <coughs> Yo tengo tres bloques en la formación, que es muy importante explicar esto. His, his method is divided into three blocks, which is very important that we, that we explain. El primer bloque, el perro siempre trabaja suelto. The first block on the, on, on the, on the form, formation of these dogs, dogs always work off the lead on their own. They're free, free tracking. Mm-hmm. No help. No Entonces, lead, no handler behind them. El perro está preparado para poner la correa y caminar detrás cuando hace un kilómetro sin pedir ayuda. So, he believes that the dog is ready to have a handler on the lead behind when that dog can achieve a kilometer track on his own with no help at all. Ahí suelo llevar collar GPS y evaluar qué está haciendo. In that case, you normally put the dog a GPS collar so he can evaluate what the dog is doing on that track. Mm-hmm. En el segundo bloque de trabajo, yo voy detrás, pero no hago ninguna corrección, soy pasivo. On the second block, he will follow the dogs on the line, but he will not put any input into, into it. He's going to be a passive, totally passive uh, handler. He will not put any input, he will not help the dog at all, but he'll be there on the lead. Antes de caminar en este segundo bloque, detrás, el perro ya ha caminado con la correa, ha recibido pequeños tirones en su arnés o en el collar, se ha liado con la maleza, ha aprendido que nadie le da información a través de, de, la, de la línea. By the time the dog has achieved the first block, in which he's been tracking on his own, but he's had his, a short lead dragging behind, the dog has now learned to be to, for the lead to get to get stuck on on, on branches. So he's, as I used, he's accustomed for tugs and pulls and stuff from nobody. So he starts to ignore these these tugs. So by the time that he starts on the second block, even though you come with him, you're behind him on a lead, uh, the dog will now be used to getting tugs and pulls from the lead, which means nothing to him at, at that moment. Y en el último bloque, yo corrijo al perro. Entonces. Ya tengo un perro muy sólido sobre el rastro, un perro que ama el rastro y me permite las correcciones. Mucha gente comienza corrigiendo al perro y lo que hace es quitar interés por la pista y el perro solo quiere el final, porque le van corrigiendo constantemente. Yo quiero que el perro en el rastro sea muy fuerte. Al final, cuando ha pasado tiempo y el perro es sólido, puedo corregirle ciertos, ciertas, eh, ciertos errores. Pero cuando ya el perro ha aprendido solo y con la línea detrás y con guía detrás. Okay, so in the third block, now he can start to have input in the dog and start to train the dog and give the dog whatever information he wants to give the dog, correction, whatever. But by that time, the dog has now, has now been able to track a whole kilometer on his own. He's got a lot of autonomy and he's really passionate for the track. <clears throat> Many people start from the first block. That is, they start correcting the dog. So we lay a track and the dog goes to the left and you know the track goes to the right, so you hold the dog. And what you're doing is train the dog to love the end product and not the actual track to the end product because we are helping him. So, it doesn't, so you know, um, are, he's not learning anything. He just says, my, my hand is going to take me to the end, which is what I want. 
the method he uses, by the time you start putting input to the leads, the dog is now autonomous and he already loves tracking. And tracking is what he really wants to do. En todos estos bloques es importante que el perro eh, aprenda que hay muchos rastros que no se terminan. En todos ellos. Tiene que saber que no siempre va a encontrar. No soy partidario de trabar, trabajar siempre a favor de que el perro pueda resolver. Porque así generamos un perro sólido sobre el rastro. No pasa nada si le sacamos. No, no va a dejar de trabajar el próximo día. So, it's very important that in, um, during these three different blocks that the dog understands that he's not going to be successful every day. There will be days when he does not reach his prey and nothing's going to happen. He's going to have a track next day. Right? So that's where the, dog is, the dog's um, uh, concentration is not on the prey, but on the process of catching his prey. And he will understand that there will be days when he will not catch anything. There will be days when he won't reach the end of the track, but nothing's wrong because there's going to be another day tracking on that track. He, might, he will be successful. So sí, you pero... start developing a very strong dog on the track. Si un perro pierde interés, lo que hago es retirarle la actividad en casa, mantenerlo sin actividad para que genere ganas de volver a trabajar. Y cuando vuelva a trabajar y resuelva, cada vez se va a hacer mucho más sólido. So if, if he sees that a dog starts losing interest on the track, for example, what he's going to do is at home, he's going to eliminate any, any kind of, of interaction, any kind of, of working with him, any kind of, of excitement. So that when he goes back to a track, he's really focused and he really wants to do the track. ¿Quieres divertirte? Vamos a rastrear. You want to have fun? Let's track. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of mentality. Yeah? So, Louis, um, I want you to um, back up just a second to make sure that I have a clear picture and everybody listening has a clear picture on how you're starting. So, we're, you're giving the, the, the dog an odor. And explain to us how, like without a foundation, without like putting the odor under the dog food like we had talked about in the previous um, podcast. So I purchase a dog today and tomorrow, how do I, like, am I, am I just, am I doing the track, whether I do it walking myself or how you guys do it with the, the electric car and put the track down Am I walking beside that track to get the dog started, or am I just standing at the end of it waiting the dog to pick it up on his own? Like, how does that process start? Vale. Eh, Miguel, eh, para pa que la gente tenga muy claro, ¿vale? Eh, vamos a recoger un poquito en el, en el método. Traemos el perro en casa. Traemos el perro en casa. ¿Qué exactamente que tenemos que hacer con el perro para okay. que asociar la comida con los sexos que pero para que lo podemos tener claro otra vez para la gente no ha escuchado el proceso de cuando llega a casa el perro ok eh, el motor del perro la pulsión del perro no la genero sobre en el sobre el rastro sino antes de rastrear ok so the so the drive is not generated uh, on the track but before he actually starts tracking okay? entonces mm -hmm. utilizo Condicionamiento clásico. So, he uses the, the, the classical conditioning. Mm -hmm. Utilizo una campanilla para comida, para comer. He uses a little bell yep. for the food. Yep. 
y un sonido de juguete para la presa. And a squeaky toy for the prey, for example. Mm -hmm. Y entonces evalúo al perro cada día y trato de ver en qué nivel está con la campanilla y en qué nivel está con la presa. So you evaluate the dog every day and see at what level the dog is with the ringing of the bell and the phone uh -huh. and the, squeaky, the interest with the squeaky toy. Cuando tengo un buen condicionamiento a la campanilla y el perro se vuelve loco porque quiere comer, when he has a good conditioning with the bell and the dog goes nuts mm -hmm. looking for his feet use the bell, mm -hmm. ese perro está preparado para trabajar. Su that mente dog está, now, está preparada para trabajar. That dog is now ready and focused to work. Entonces a veces, a veces le enseño ese trabajo en la en la sala de casa o en el garaje. Sometimes you teach that dog in the sitting room or in his garage or wherever it is at that moment. Pongo una toalla con olor, un trapo con olor y debajo pongo comida. El olor está hablando de referencia. So what he does is he'll put, for example, a towel impregnated with the target scent. The target scent is that scent we talk about, which in this case he uses toilet water, which is a, a scent which is not naturally found in the countryside, outside. Yep. yep. So that's what we call the tablet scent. He will put a towel that's impregnated with this watered-down scent and the food, football on top. Okay? It starts there. Right. Okay. Yep. Hago sonar la campanilla encima del trapo. He rings the bell over the, over the towel and the food. Mm -hmm. Lo voy separando y come. And the dog will come. Separate him and he will eat from, from, from the, the bowl which has that scent underneath. Lo retiro al perro. Takes the dog away. Vuelvo a tapar el trapo. He puts something over that, 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 that cloth. Campanilla y otra vez. Brings the bell again and allows the dog to come. Cuando and está subiendo intensidad. As the dog is increasing intensity. Lo retiro y lo llevo a la jaula. He takes it away and puts it back into his crate. Uno o dos horas ahí. One or two hours in this case. Vuelvo a repetir. And repeat it again. Yep. En uno o dos días, el perro está loco oh. por ese olor y por, por comer ahí. In one or two days, the dog is really focused and really excited for that smell to be able to eat. Yep. Entonces, en el condicionamiento clásico, ha capturado una alta intensidad. So, the classical condition of the bell has captured a high emotional Uh, level in the dog. Mm. Este es el that's, that, that's how you start with the dog. Mm -hmm. And that's his association with that sense which is what's giving him his food. Prefiero que asocie el olor en una alta emoción. Me gusta capturar la emoción del trabajo, no solo la ejecución, sino la emoción. Miguel likes to capture the emotion, the high, emo the high emotion uh, rather than, than, than the work. It's that high emotional state the dog is, is what he tries to capture. A la nariz. Through the nose. Yeah. yeah. Just so, Mike, all right, just so let me, I'm just going to re recap what they just said so everybody can understand. So he is still using the, an odor. You have, to, you have to supply an odor. He's placing it under the food bowl. He's basically doing Pavlo, which means he is shaking the bell. The dog knows bell means food, but while he's eating that food, he's intaking odor, which is imprinting yep. him on the scent, the hoot, which is what they want to trail. After that phase is established is when you can go on to the tracking phase. 
Exactly, exactly. Yep. Eventually, <clears throat> eventually, because that scent has been associated to the food and the bell, mm -hmm. right? You have a small track of scent mm -hmm. with food at the end, no food on the scent, nothing to turn around, nothing to, to show the door. There's, there's, there's a scent there, but as soon as the bell goes, because that smell has been already associated, it's going to start using the nose, hits mm -hmm. on that scent, follows it, it gets his reward. Yes, yeah. So, in that so that leads me back to the next question I had is on the visual stimulation. And I, I feel like in the hunting world, along with the law enforcement world, that that is a, a method that we use that ends up causing us problems down the road. Um, especially, I mean, you guys are dealing with man tracking, um, and we know that most of our pointy-eared dogs like that visual stimulation anyway because they've probably done bite work before they've done their tracking. They've established something else, which is that high drive. Um, so I just, I just want to reiterate that to everybody listening that you know, the dog should see the world through his nose, not his eyes. And that visual stimulation is not conducive to what we want the dog to do. And it's going to cause you some, and if you don't do it too much, maybe you get by with it, or maybe you've done it a time or two and okay, the dog, the dog goes on to the next phase and you don't have issues, but there's going to be some dogs that you spend a lot of time trying to fix that because you've used that visual stimulation. In a nutshell, that's correct. Um, sí, Miguel, está diciendo que, eh, el, que, que el sistema que usan normalmente la policía y los cazadores de, de usar el, el, el criminal que se escapa, o el figurante que se escapa, o el animal que se escapa, los perros empiezan a, a, a depender mucho en la vista. Especialmente con perros de policía, por ejemplo, que antes de hacer rastros ya están siendo mangas, están siendo mordidas, esa excitación que tienen, entonces cuando vienen a dar rastro hay perros que, que progresan de, de visual a nariz y hay otros perros que, que no progresan, se quedan mm. trancados en la visual y después mm -hmm. tienen problemas en el, en el tratamiento. Mm. Exactamente, todo lo que hago con mis perros eh, está dirigido a la nariz. Por ejemplo, eh, si comen en casa, comen en el suelo, en la hierba. Entonces tienen que buscar cada grano. Eh, tengo que potenciar el sistema neuronal que se encarga de, del olfato. Cuando juego con la pelota, no juego la vista. La pelota se cae en el medio de la hierba. Todo lo que hago está relacionado con la nariz y con el rastreo de alta frecuencia que lo voy a necesitar en el rastro. Entonces, es, con eso empoderamos al perro sobre la nariz y no sobre la vista. Es un error trabajar sobre la vista. All the work that he does, he works with the dog's nose. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if the dog has to eat, he'll throw the, 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 he'll throw the kibbles in grass. So the dog has to use his nose to find the kibble. Mm -hmm. So he's reinforcing the nose. If he's going to play with a ball on the dog, the dog, he'll make sure the ball lands in high grass. So the dog has to go and use his nose. Mm -hmm. So the whole process of training, whether it's feeding, whatever, he works it so that it, the nose is empowered and improve so that dog will depend on his nose and not on his eyes. Mm. Otherwise, you get the problems that you, you that you've actually mentioned. 
yeah, the dogs will just get focused and just be looking uh, which way rather than using his nose to track. So all his work is focused on nose for dogs. Esto lo aprendí hace muchos años cuando te conté que yo llevaba por la noche a los perros para que aprendieran de vista y los cazadores con más edad me enseñaron que eso me iba a dar problemas. Yo ya veía que me daba problemas. Entonces aprendí a llevarlo a rastros frescos sin ver nada. And the older hunters taught him, no, 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 you take the dog where there's a fresh scent and the dogs will, will learn to follow the scent with the nose rather than their eyes to get the prey. A partir de ahí, cuando tenía que arrastrar un animal, eh, procuraba espantar el animal del campo donde yo lo estaba viendo sin que lo viera el perro y luego ponía el perro sobre el rastro fresco, pero no viendo el animal. Yeah, so, so after when we used to, when we used to train these hunting dogs, he would, he would go away, if he saw the, the prey, a boar, whatever, he would scare the scare the animal away out of the sight of the dog. So the dog, the animal, that prey would run away but leave a fresh scent. And then he would bring the dog in onto that fresh scent. So the dog would automatically use his nose and not be looking for the animal. And then he would he would encourage the dog to follow that 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 fresh scent. And from there, it, 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 that's what helped him to, to start generating this system to track humans as well. Como en los humanos, el, el rastro de un humano no cita al perro, he puesto un olor de referencia que yo le hago que sea emocionante. Because human scent does not excite a dog like a animal scent, mm -hmm. he's using this target scent so that he will follow this target scent to, to his prey. So he starts learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think um, I don't think people understand how difficult the man tracking part of it is. Um, you 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 touched on it in the last podcast, Louis. Is you know our dogs are bred for specifically for um, hunting. I mean, they hunt. You know, they're genetically programmed to hunt bear and hunt coon and hunt cats and hogs um, or, or rabbits, whatever. But To track a man, which who have domesticated those animals, is really hard. And I've always said this that it, it's it's probably one of the toughest things we do in in law enforcement. Um, just like asking the dog to bite, um, you know that that person has domesticated this animal, and now I'm saying, hey, I need you to go catch him. So the training that goes into that sometimes I don't know that people. Um, see that end of it that and it's not you know all dogs don't cut it um, especially in the apprehension world because they don't have the right nerves and genetically programmed for get grips and stuff like that <clears throat> but yeah it, it's hard to get a dog excited about tracking man and one of the things that we really mess up and i and i'm guilty of this i don't do it anymore but we used to do runoffs And then they go around the edge of the corner of the building and we'd sent, we'd let the dog track, track, track and get around the edge of the building and we thought they had to get a bite to reward them. And that was, that caused a lot of self-rewarding problems down the road. Está diciendo de que, de que mucha gente no se dan cuenta lo difícil que es eh, hacer un perro que arrastre un olor humano. 
lo estamos domesticando, lo, 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 lo domesticamos, está viviendo con nosotros y ahora tenemos que enseñarle a que siga ese olor mm. para que me dé el premio. Lo compara uh -huh. a los perros de, de mordida de policía, por ejemplo. Uh -huh. Un perro domesticado que hemos estudiado durante muchos años y comparte la vida de nosotros. Ahora tenemos que enseñar a que muerda a un humano. Uh -huh. Y la gente, mucha gente no se da cuenta lo difícil que es. Uh -huh. Y él se da cuenta que han tenido muchos problemas con los perros de mordida, por ejemplo, que han tenido que, 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 que rastrear a una persona. Uh -huh. Y claro, la excitación no está ahí para seguir esa persona, porque no le exciten solo. Es lo que es la mordida al final, que lo que te interesa al perro, y entonces el perro va buscando para la mordida. Es, es un error eh, enseñar al perro a rastrear a través de la mordida. Desde mi punto de vista, es un error importante. Desde mi punto de vista, es un muy big error to teach a dog to track by giving a bite in the end. Pero cuando un perro ya ha rastreado bien, después se puede poner a morder, pero no comenzar mordiendo. But when a dog has now learned to track, then we can put the bite at the end. Yes. In the mundo de la caza, en el mundo de la caza, tenemos perros levantadores de caza, es decir, los que rastrean y hacen que la pieza se levante, se mueva. In hunting, you probably know about it. We've got dogs which which track and then they just they lift up the prey, like birds and stuff. So they're lifting, lifting uh, dogs. Yeah. Y podemos tener perros de presa que persiguen ya al caliente cuando se ha movido. Para rastrear humanos necesitamos el primer perro. Tienen que encontrar a la persona. Y para eso hace falta mucha cabeza. No pueden volverse locos. And for that, a dog has got to have a very, very si no tiene la concentración suficiente sobre el olor humano, a veces le enseño a buscar pequeñitos objetos. Pero muy pequeñito, muy pequeñito. Y siempre tienen que estar dentro del rastro del olor humano. And they must always be inside the, 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 the human sense. Those mm. articles must be inside a central of human sense. Mm. No me gusta abusar de este trabajo porque el perro necesita ventear, necesita rastrear y necesita oler los contactos. Yeah, he doesn't like abusing too much of this exercise of micro objects because a tracking the dog needs to track, needs to air sense and needs to depend on, on contacts as well, rather than just be focused on, on that micro sense. Pero enseño esta técnica a todos mis perros para tenerla ahí por si la necesito. But he does teach that this exercise to all of his dogs in case he needs this exercise to better and improve his dog. Es como entrenar un perro para rastro de sangre de, un, de una presa herida. It's, it's, like trying to, it's like training a dog To follow, blood, uh, to follow the blood of, of, a, of, a, of an injured animal. Mm -hmm. Tiene que concentrarse en las muestras de sangre y en el pelo, en, en, las, en los mínimos efluvios, y no volverse loco por la pieza que está escapando. So that, those dogs must concentrate on, on droplets of blood, on pieces of hair, uh, on the track, and not be interested so much in the actual prey. He's got to focus on the actual track. Los perros están preparados para hacer eso. Tenemos que poner buena técnica para que lo hagan bien. The dogs naturally are prepared to do that, 
but we need to apply the correct technique so that they improve on that and they work on that and become masters of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So I'm going to ask him a training question for me. Uh, and this is going to relate to the hounds because um, my mind's kind of on the fence on how to proceed with this. So you guys know that we have, my, you know, we have tree dogs. So our dogs have to track the quarry and then tree it. And they have to stay with it until we get there, right? Um, when, when you say tree, you mean it's got to run up the tree and it's got to stay down at the bottom? Well, so yeah, I I would prefer the, the the animal to be up a tree, but sometimes the bear will bay on the ground and stay right. on the ground, which that goes from tracking a, a hot a, an old track to a jumped, which means the bear's up and running. So the dogs are actually running fresh scent with their head up, and then once they catch it, it'll either climb a tree, it'll stay and bay, um, which turns into visual if it's bayed. Okay, so. I'm thinking about your process and I'm thinking about um, imprinting the dogs on the odor at the food bowl and then doing the track. So if I'm going to train a young dog and keep the visual stimulation out of this, okay, for it to be realistic for me, I need to make a track to a tree and have that odor going up the tree because that's what you would catch. So, what is your what is your what is your thought process process on that, and how do I make that happen? Where, um, what ha and I'll I'll just kind of give you a little background, Louis. That yeah. um, a lot of people that's where people mess up in in hound training is they they hang the they'll hang an animal or a hide or something in the tree, so that the the dogs can see it, and when they get to the tree, they get real excited, and then they'll start treeing. Um, and I'm, I've been guilty of that. Or if they're out in the wild, um, they'll take a puppy that, you know, they'll take a puppy into a tree that's actually had a bear. And we're just going to use bear, a bear's treed. I'll tie the, they'll tie the puppy up and the bear will come down the tree and they get to watch it run away. Um, so there, there's that visual stimulation again. Um, how do I get around that is what I'm asking. Okay. Okay. Vale, Miguel, eh, está diciendo que comprende, comprende y está de acuerdo sobre el, el método que estamos hablando de usar la vista, de usar la nariz más que la vista. Uh -huh. Pero conflicta un poquito con el método de cacería, por ejemplo, de, de la cacería del oso. Entonces, quisiera saber cómo puede solventar este problema. El ejemplo es, el perro que está cazando el oso empieza, seguimos un rastro viejo, por ejemplo, del oso. ¿vale? Uh -huh. De pronto, llega donde está el oso, el oso sale corriendo y el perro sí le hará un olor caliente. Uh -huh. ¿Vale? ¿Vale? Uh -huh. Y de pronto, cuando llega el oso, el oso sube para arriba un árbol. Uh -huh. Y entonces eso, eso se convierte muy visual para el perro. Velo, velo oso arriba del árbol. Entonces, uh -huh. ellos lo que hacen normalmente es que o bien cuelgan eh, un, trozo, un trozo de piel del árbol uh -huh. a los perros de arriba, o, o bien el cachorro, a los cachorros. Eh, cuando hay una, 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 un, un, um, um, un oso en un aro subido, que el cachorro vea el oso de, de escapar. ¿vale? Uh -huh. Entonces, él lo está preguntando es, ¿cómo solventamos nuestro... Pues se podría solventar el problema de que si empezamos a enseñar el perro que use la nariz solamente, uh -huh. pero cuando tenga que usar la vista, en el caso de que el oso sale escapando uh -huh. y lo ve visualmente, que el perro va a seguir ese, ese, ese oso visualmente. 
No hay ningún problema. Yo, cuando formo un perro, yo cuando formo un perro, combino muchas veces un trazador al final o una prenda al final, en función de la emoción del perro sobre la pista. Vamos por partes. A tracker, mm. a visual tracker at the end, depending on what the emotional state and what the drive of the dog is mm. uh, is working with. Okay. La mayoría de gente tiene la persona al final, y yo tengo muchas veces la prenda del trazador al final y nada más. Many, many people tend to have the tracker at the end only and just work with the tracker at the end. Miguel will sometimes just put an article of the tracker on the ground, mm. on a bush, whatever, with the reward there. Una prenda caliente de la persona, una buena camiseta, un jersey, algo importante. Entonces, cuando el perro ya aprende a rastrear, le meto ese plus de encontrar una persona al final. So when the, when the dog has learned to track now, he learns to track, he's going to add that plus bonus at the end, which is the track layer. And he's there. Y como suelo rastrear con campanilla, And because he, he, he normally tracks dogs wearing a bell, the dog will actually be wearing the bell with him. The bell we started with, then his dog's going to have one of those on his collar. Cuando el perro ya está un poco avanzado, lleva dos o tres semanas o cuatro de trabajo. When the dog is fairly advanced, take three, four, five weeks of work. El perro está trabajando suelto y puedo decirle al trazador, cuando escuches la campanilla, escápate sin que te vea. So when when he gets to that stage and the dog is working off the lead, he will tell the he will instruct the track layer, when you hear the dog coming, run off. Ese es su oso. Ese es su oso. That is your bear. Entonces, el perro aprende una nueva lección. The dog learns a new lesson. Tengo que rastrear esta pista fría. I have to track this cold track. Y cuando llega a un lugar, es posible que esto me escape este animal. Y ahí lo rastrearé de otra manera. And there I will track him in way. Porque el olor va a estar flotando y va a estar muy caliente. Nunca he tenido ningún problema con esto en los siguientes rastros. Porque el perro ha aprendido que tiene que hacer un rastreo concentrado hasta un determinado lugar. Entonces, si yo tuviese que rastrear osos, Empezaría rastreando con una piel exclusivamente durante mucho tiempo. Y después elegiría el rastro que me interesa en función de la edad del rastro. Es decir, si yo quiero un perro que no me rastree calientes, si sé que el oso, o aquí los jabalíes, por ejemplo, que es muy habitual, se ha movido a una determinada hora, lo puedo ver con una cámara de fototrampeo, lo pongo horas después sobre esa pista. Okay, so 
Um, now it depends whether you want your dog to track a cold track or you want to track uh, a hot track. So just like they do with wild boar, they 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 know where the boar is. They might use cameras, uh, hunting cameras, and it, it tells them that the, the boar has been there. Uh, he actually has been there. So he'll come a couple hours later because it's cold track and put out the track on on that specific point because that's where it's entonces el perro tiene que aprender para llegar al oso tengo que llevar una pista que tiene tres o cuatro horas de antigüedad so the dog will now learn for me to get to the bear I have to follow a very cold track that will lead me to the bear y con okay. el tiempo puede tener diez o doce horas de antigüedad With time, para poder llegar a ese caliente it might take eleven twelve hours each track before he gets to that hot spot este es el día a día de nuestros perros de rastro de jabalí. That is, that is how they train daily the uh, hunting dogs for wild boar in the first place. Mm -hmm. yep. La clave está en no ponerlo al animal que le está escapando. The, 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 the trick is not to put from the beginning, not to let the dogs see the prey running away right. from the first place. They have oh. to follow the nose to get to where that animal is. O sobre una persona corriendo a la vista del perro para humano. Esto para mí es innegociable. No cuando, cuando voy a un seminario, el viernes, sábado y domingo, el viernes cojo los perros vírgenes que nunca han rastreado y le digo, el domingo tu perro rastrea humanos. So when he goes and gives seminars, normally it's three-day seminars, on the, the Friday, first day, he'll pick the really, really green dogs, totally green dogs, and he tells the owners, by Sunday, your dogs will be tracking. Mm. La gente que escuche este post y haya recibido un seminario mío sabe que es así. Anybody who's who will be listening to this post and has worked with Miguel will know that this, that's the way it is. Yep. Porque no, no pongo el rastro, no pongo al perro el primer día sobre una persona, lo pongo sobre un olor. Because he never puts a dog on the first day on a human, he puts a dog on a scent. Y el segundo día se lleva una sorpresa, al final de ese olor hay una persona. On the second day, and the dog gets a big surprise because at the end of that scent there's a human. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I can... I... I understand and I get it. Um, in fact, I'm, I've got a litter of puppies right now that are eight. They turn eight weeks old oh, today. They're eight weeks old today. Um, I got a little behind the ball on how you start, but um, slowly implementing the, the pairing of the odor and the food um, mm -hmm. with, with a bear hide. And mm -hmm. um, like, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how this plays out because I, I completely understand your method. I understand exactly how you're doing the process. Um, and it, it makes, I mean, it's just like imprinting a dog on any type of odor for any type of detection work. You're, they're doing the same process. So, <clears throat> and I like the, I like the no, no running away. I, I really, the odor should be the most important thing because if they run away, then it, it's completely visual. And some dogs will I, settle. I, I, I used to, when back in the police days, um, we used to do a lot of runaways. Mm -hmm. And I started runaways. But 
now I see I've had the, the chance to be able to work with runaways and work without runaways. And for me, it's much more effective without any runaway mm -hmm. than with a runaway. I've, I've tried both. I know what both are like, and I would always go for the, the no runaway. It makes life so much easier. I just tell me that. Um, Acaba de tener una camada de pecitos pequeñitos dos semanas. Entiende perfectamente el método tuyo. Le encanta el método tuyo. Lo está tratando, lo está poniendo en práctica. Está usando el olor del oso, porque los tres son para cacería de oso. No le gusta el método de que los perros vean hacia durante el escapado. Yo le he explicado a él que que yo en el mundo de, de, de policía yo empecé con el sistema de, 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 de la gente se escapan y ahora estoy usando el sistema de nariz y que yo he tratado dos clases y yo le veo mucho más la ventaja uh -huh. de no usar una persona que se escape antiguamente. Yo lo puedo hacer porque lo, lo, vengo de un mundo y he probado, he probado los dos y puedo garantizar que es mucho mejor que no vean al, al figurante. Yo, para mí, una de las claves más importantes para poder utilizar un perro a través de la nariz es que es elegir el lugar en el cual iniciamos el trabajo. Para él, uno de los más importantes factores cuando empezamos getting dogs to walk the nose es choosing the correct place where we're going to to work. It must be ideal place. Si, si pongo olor en medio de la ciudad y está lleno de gente, es muy difícil que un perro sin experiencia resuelva eso con su nariz. Pero si lo pongo en, en un arboledo, en un, en un robledal, en un lugar eh, muy bueno donde solo hay un rastro de un humano o un rastro de referencia, el perro lo tiene delante de su nariz y aprende muy rápido. On the other hand, if he, if he puts down that track, whether it's a human scent or it's target scent, in woods or in a field where there's no human scent, there's no, there's no target scent, the dog is, is, is confronted with just this scent that stands out. Si yo pongo el olor de un jabalí y está lleno de, de corzos, de ciervos, de, de, de un montón de animales, para el perro es mucho más difícil. Pero si lo pongo en un sitio donde solo tengo ese olor añadido, es muy rápido y muy fácil que el perro quiera utilizar la nariz. It's much more difficult for that dog to learn to follow that scent than if he gets a very, very clean area where there are no other animal scents and is presented with the wild boar scent. That's the only animal scent it's going to be. It's going to be much easier for the dog to learn to follow that scent than have it contaminated with the very animals. A esto lo llamo utilizar una autopista de olor. So, well, he, he, he calls this using a motorway of scent. Para que el perro se confíe en su nariz al 100%. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, I've got one question I want to throw at you guys and get your take on it. So, so do you believe with your training and experience in the tracking world that dogs of the same breed, and I and I'm I'm saying same breed your hounds, 
um, your you know your shepherds, your mallies, your stuff like that, have the same tracking abilities. And what I mean is is their nose, because in our world, like in the hunting community, people have hot nosed dogs and cold nosed dogs, which means the hot nosed dogs won't run a track unless it's hot, and cold nosed dogs will take a track and trail it and trail it and trail it. I'm in the belief that it is a training or it is an exposure issue. What do you guys think? Okay. Para mí, hablando sobre los perros de, 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 de rastro, eh, sea, sea el, el sabueso, el pastor alemán, eh, la, la capacidad del perro poder prender lo, el, el, la antigüedad del olor, por ejemplo. Hay, perros en casa, hay ciertos perros de casa, como ya sabemos, que le, le encantan lo que es el rastro frío. Uh -huh. Y hay perros de casa, ya raza de casa, que le, le prefieren el rastro caliente. Uh -huh. Entonces, hay preguntas si, si esto, es, se puede, esto eso sería cuestión de, de cómo entrenamos el perro, cómo tenemos el entrenamiento del perro y lo, cómo le ponemos delante los olores de antiguo y, y, y uh -huh. de vieja antigüedad y, y, y nuevo. Ok. Hablando, eh, perro, hablando sobre perros como Pastor Alemán, Mali, perros de ese tipo. No, sí. no perros que ya de por sí le sí. gustan un tipo de rastro. Eh, a los perros que les gusta el rastro frío, los rastros fríos de los perros de tipo sabueso, no es que les gusten el rastro frío, es que son completamente locos del rastro, les gustan todos los rastros, no es que le guste más el rastro frío, vale. es que le está cualquier rastro. Talking about bloodhounds, and bloodhounds that like, very, very, uh, that, that like, prefer uh, uh, um, a cold track, it's not that they prefer a cold track, it's that they have, a, they are passionate and mad about tracking. Mm -hmm. Okay? Bien. Ahora, si nosotros queremos entrenar un pastor alemán o un malinois o un labrador o cualquier otro perro para rastros fríos, tenemos que hacer rastros fríos. So if we want to train other breeds like malis, shepherds, labradors, etc., to follow cold tracks, we need to train the dogs on cold tracks. Entonces, lo primero que entreno los perros es la distancia. So the first thing that Miguel and his method trains is distance. We first We first train distance. We get them to do distance. Porque kilometers, cuando, kilometers, kilometers for kilometers on a hot track, for example. Cuando tengo un perro que rastrea kilómetros, es capaz de cambiar de superficie con facilidad. When we have a dog that is that's capable of tracking kilometers, that dog is now capable of changing, of being able to track on different surfaces, because in four kilometers, for example, there are lots of changes of surface, uh, surface types. Okay? Cuando el perro cambia con facilidad las distintas superficies, surfaces, es capaz de, de manejar nuevos conocimientos, nuevos aprendizajes. Entonces, cuando tengo un perro haciendo dos, tres o cuatro kilómetros de pista con una o dos horas de antigüedad, viene un bloque de pistas frías. 
then he introduces a block of cold tracks. Y yo lo trabajo de la siguiente manera. And he works this the following way. He's going to explain now how he works the cold tracks. Ponemos una pista de 5, 6, 7, 8 horas en el bosque. We lay, down, we lay down a track of about 5, 6, 7, 8 hours old. El trazador me deja una gasa en el inicio y una prenda al final. The track layer will leave a centered gauze at the beginning of the track and will leave an article at the end. La gasa del inicio va a estar colocada en el momento en el cual se traza la pista. The gauze from the track layer is going to be is going to be situated exactly where that track starts. Porque necesito que el rastro necesito que el rastro del inicio tenga la misma evolución que el rastro de la pista. Es decir, no puedo darle un olor fresco de una persona y que me siga ese olor viejo, porque ahí hay un rastro diferente. He wants that scent article that, that the track layer has left at the head of the track to be the same age scent as the scent that's been laid. He doesn't want that scent article to be of a fresher scent than the one that's been, that has been laid down. So naturally, that scent goes there when he starts the track. So the scent on that, on that goes is as old as the scent that has been laid down. Say five, six, seven, eight hours, whatever it is. Así no voy a confundir al perro en esta etapa. That way you won't confuse the dog at all at this stage. Entonces, the, si el perro... The, the age of the scent are the same. On the goes si, and on the track. Si el perro está rastreando varios kilómetros de pista, ese día se va a encontrar con un rastro de 100 metros. If the dog is now, has been now training three, four, five kilometers, on that day he's going to be confronted with a, with a track of only 100 meters. Entonces observo, cuando paso por encima del track, tiene que ser una pista conocida en esa ocasión, cuando paso por encima, miro si el perro muestra interés por el rastro, si lo detecta. Y si lo detecta, right. le hablo y le animo. And we know the track is there beforehand, and we we notice the body language, and we see the dog is interested in that sense. He will verbally um, encourage the dog to follow that sense. Ahí animo mucho al perro. He encourages the dog a lot. Con con muy pocas señales que me dé de 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 percibir el rastro, lo animo mucho para que llegue al final. With a with a minimum with a minimum interest, the dog shows on the track. He will encourage him verbally. Y a partir de aquí, a partir de aquí no hago ningún rastro que no sea viejo. And from that moment, he will not do any track that is not aged in that block of training. They will all be aged tracks. Hasta que el perro meta una alta emoción sobre las pistas viejas. Until he can see that the dog is showing a high emotional state when he's working old tracks. Cuando meta una alta emoción sobre las pistas viejas, le doy una sorpresa. When he sees that the dog is showing this high emotional state whilst following these old tracks, he will give the dog a surprise. Y la sorpresa es que de repente un día viene una pista muy fresca. That, and the surprise is that one day he's confronted with a very fresh track. Pero esa pista muy fresca tiene tres o cuatro kilómetros. But that, that, fresh, that fresh track has got three or four kilometers. 
y al día siguiente tiene una pista muy vieja de 8 o 10 horas o 12 horas, pero tiene 200 metros. And the next day, those will be confronted with a very old age track, 5, 6, 7, 8 hours, 200 meters, very short. Y el perro no puede pensar, no me interesa esta pista vieja, ya vendrá algo mejor. So the, the dog won't be, won't be able to think, I'm not interested in this old, in this old track, because we get something better tomorrow, for example. Y el perro piensa, la pista vieja es buena porque termino rápido. Y la pista dog, larga es buena porque es fácil. So the dog, the, the dog will start thinking, the short, the short track is difficult, the old, the age track is difficult, but short, I'm going to get my reward quick, although I've got to work harder. And then the fresh track is longer, but it's much easier to follow. Entonces equilibra el interés del perro por el rastro. And you start balancing the interest of the dog on the track with cold tracks and, and hot tracks. Y con el tiempo, al perro le interesa cualquier rastro. With time, the dog will, will, will enjoy whatever track, whether it's cold or whether it's hot. Esto es como yo lo hago. That's how he does it. To, yeah, to cap it off, We don't, again, method does not mix at the beginning. We do not mix age with distance. Distance will be, the longest will be a fresh track, and age track will be short. And then eventually when the balance is there, you can start playing around with age and, and, and distance. Pero ya con los perros no aprendido ya, si se puede empezar a mezclar ya la edad con la antigüedad de demás, pero al principio... Cada bloque lo trabajo separado. Works each block separately. Mm -hmm. No quiero que mi perro aprenda. Si esto es difícil, ya vendrá algo más fácil. Quiero que aprenda. Esto es difícil, pero puedo manejarlo. Y cada vez tengo más conocimientos y recibo refuerzos. Mis perros se vuelven locos por rastrear. Tienen muchísimas ganas de rastrear cualquier pista. It's a whole block of short of, of, of um, short tracks, age tracks, and when we see the dog is really not interested in that, then in the next block we put we put in a long track which is fresh. But we don't you don't mix and match at the very beginning. They've got to have very clear in their mind what they're working. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that that we do, that we get in a hurry and we don't take the time to, and I, I preach this, I'm a big believer in, you know, foundation work, and then you take it step by step by step. You can't skip from A to H. You've got to do all the letters in between. And as training... I think that happens to all of us. Yes. Like, you know, we see the dogs working properly and we just want to go quicker. And mm -hmm. I think we're all, we're, all, we're all guilty of that. Bueno, you know, we're all guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, está diciendo Miguel de que eh, me quedamos mucha gente se mete en la trampa de, de ir demasiado rápido mm -hmm. y no tomas el tiempo en, en, en las bases de cementar las bases bien antes mm -hmm. de seguir para adelante. Mm -hmm. 
Y yo he dicho que yo creo que todo el mundo somos, somos culpables de eso en un momento dado y tenemos que estar muy conscientes de, 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 de tomarnos esa tranquilidad. Ya. Para mí es muy importante que el perro no se dé cuenta de que cada día es más difícil. Es decir, no soy partidario de eh, aumentar de manera progresiva la dificultad. Me gusta más ser sorpresivo. No me gusta hacer hoy 200 metros, mañana 250, pasado 300. Porque él aprende una cadena y dice, esto va a peor. Si hoy hago 200 y mañana hago un kilómetro y pasado hago 150, esto no va a peor. Esto se gestiona de esta manera. Y si hago cada bloque, cuando quiero rastrear, hago pistas viejas, solo pistas viejas. No tienes otra salida. ¿Te gusta? Sí, pues haz esto. Para mí, el, el gran problema que hace que los perros caigan en picado es ir aumentando progresivamente la dificultad. Vamos a meter más lejos y más antiguo, y más contaminación, y más lejos y más antiguo. Entonces el perro entra en una cadena que dice, eh, esto cada vez va a ir a peor. Que no soy partidario. Miguel, Miguel doesn't like uh, training in a progressive way. For example, today 100 meters, tomorrow 150, the next 200, the next 250 meters, because the dogs learn this chain of Things are getting more difficult and more difficult and more difficult. And yeah. that's when the dog starts losing, can start losing interest. Because they know that tomorrow is going to be more difficult, the next is going to be more difficult, the next is going to be more difficult. So he keeps, once they, they learn and they know what, what, what expects from them, he will keep guessing the dog. Keep the dog guessing what's next. Is it an easy one? Is it a difficult one? Yeah, and that keeps the dog motivated rather than picking up and coming down because he knows that everything is going to be more difficult. Yeah. Well, Lewis and Miguel, I can't thank you guys enough um, for, for coming out today. And I mean, that's a lot of good information. I mean, it makes, again, it makes perfect sense to me and hopefully it makes perfect sense to our listeners. Is there anything you guys would like to, to add just to wrap this up? Hay mucho que, que de, de, de interés y de lógica de lo que estamos hablando. Te ha encantado. Y si hay algo más que quisiera, que quisiera añadir eh, con este podcast. Bueno, como siempre, cada vez que se inicia una tertulia se abre una nueva puerta a un universo. Eh, yo quiero agradecerle eh, que nos haya invitado. Espero poder a, haber aportado a cosas positivas porque creo que es la manera de avanzar entre todos aportando cada uno sus experiencias. Like, right, so you say like, like all like all uh, debates and, and, and chat, we start talking one thing and more more doors are opened and, and it just goes on and on. There's loads and loads of stuff we can talk about. But he's he's, he's really grateful that he's been given this this opportunity to, to talk about his method, um, and he believes that that's the way to go forward. Um, If he can, if he can, if he can give something useful to somebody that's going to help him, so much better. And it's just a question of everybody putting in, you know, putting in that little grain of sand, so we can all just get better and better and better and learn more from each other. Um, from what we have so much passion for, which is dogs. Yeah. Well, so. like I said, it's it's great information. You know, I think everybody can take something away from it. Um, and man, I. Maybe one of these days I can get to where somewhere where you're at so I can just sit through a class and learn myself. <laughs> Dice que está encantado, es un montón de cosas a hablar. Y si a veces un día puedes sentarse en una clase tuya y aprender, aprender mucho más. Ojalá sea. Read the book. Read the book. 
there's a lot of stuff in Miguel's book in English. Yes. Very yeah. I can I can only I can only um, advise you to get it. It's a great book. Yeah. But, all right guys i'm gonna let y'all get it get some rest and we will keep in touch and i really appreciate you both helping us teach train and learn